This week on the podcast, we have none other than our very own Meredith Esquivel, the Senior Marketing Manager at Whole Whale, well, at least for the next couple of weeks. Meredith, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Oh, gosh. A little bit sad. I can't <laughs> lie. And we're doing, which has now become a bit of a tradition. I think if you do a thing a few times, it becomes a tradition where we have a it's sort of like a final exit podcasty interview. What have you learned? Teach new people potentially who might be considering Whole Whale what's going on. Very proud. We've been doing this for the past couple years, at least, I think. And one, I am sad. I'm excited uh, that your next step is coming. Why don't you tell everybody where you're off to? Sure. So I am going to Cambridge University in the fall to pursue my MBA. Boo. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And, And what's particularly like hard for me here and also incredible is that you have been at Whole Whale for over five years now? Actually, I'm going to be right at five years when I leave. Right at five. Should be quite but, the milestone. But who's counting? Five years is, <laughs> I think it's kind of like in millennial years, that's something like 10 years. Yeah, most of my, my peers, I think, have left jobs or changed jobs more times. And I'm an anomaly having stayed at my job for so long. But I've really enjoyed it and I, I didn't want to leave. Why don't you talk to me about that? Because in the back of my mind, the like the scary stat is like it's like 1.8 years is like the average span of somebody, let's say, in their uh, 20s, early 30s, you know, for for time in a job. There's this like very low transaction, uh, low friction to getting a new job more so than ever before. People jump like whatever the narratives are. Like, why? <laughs> Why have you stayed? Why do you think some of your peers have moved? Yeah, it's probably partially the ease of of changing jobs. And then also people just um, from my anecdotal conversations, them figuring, trying to figure out where they wanted to go and what their career was and just changing their minds and um, wanting to explore the field. And I think I was really fortunate at Whole World to be able to do that internally. So even though I was at Whole Whale for five years, my job changed dramatically um, from the first year I was there to now this last year. Uh, what I'm doing is totally different. And I think that is part of the reason why it's definitely part of the reason why I stayed. There's a lot of room to grow and to learn. Yeah. What was your, what was your job progression? Where <laughs> were you hired? You were hired entry level, but can you say a little bit more about that? Like, what does that actually look like? Because sometimes I think organizations can just be like, oh, here's your next title. You've progressed. And you're like, it seems like I'm still pressing this button in the same way. <laughs> yeah. Usually you're, yeah, you're pressing the same button the same way, but you also have to do like a bunch of other things at the same time. Now <laughs> um, <laughs> you can press that button with your pinky and with the rest exactly. of Exactly. You. <laughs> well, you're like doing everything else at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's an interesting point. But uh, at... For me, I started as the digital marketing whaler was my original title, um, as you said, entry level. And um, I was pretty much a generalist across marketing. And I was, um, I guess, an executor. So I would, uh, you know, write marketing strategies or um, build ads and report on ads. I did a little bit of analytics setup or analysis. Um, It was kind of a, a jack of all trades. And then I definitely found my niche of what I actually enjoyed doing and was better at kind of in the email CRO space. Um, and I, I leveraged that internally for whole whale as well. 
and doing more work internally for Hoel also, I think, op- opened up opportunities for me to take on Hoel University and, and Hoel U Live and build out those products. Um, so I started to take on more ownership in those those spaces. And I did for a while, you know, own those and then also do a lot of execution. But with hiring and um, more people on the team and, and more time in those roles and being able to see more of the bigger picture, I, I started to move more into a management position rather than um, execution. I also took on client management uh, within my, I think within my first year at Whole Whale and then built up that skill and started to do more and more of that, which required a different side of my brain than, than the execution side. And so um, I focused more on higher level strategy for clients um, and continued on in uh, managing more clients over time. I also picked up people management too. Took to a lot of management. <laughs> um, and uh, I really enjoyed people management and coaching newer and younger people on the team to do some of the work that I was doing. I think it also helped that it was a period of, you know, pretty significant growth for us when Certainly. five years ago, what were we like seven people? I was employee number six. Um, I believe. Yes. So, and now we're at like 20. So it was definitely, it was, I also benefited from growth. So lots of hiring. And then uh, I also, um, my former boss uh, or former manager passed down some products to me. And so uh, she had gotten them kind of kickstarted and then helped me shape a roadmap map for how I could take them further. Yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit about the role that you've had shaping sort of that, that innovative product, Whole University, uh, because the numbers are now becoming noticeable. We actually begin to see them on the bottom line. I'm like, oh, look at that. I think it'd be hard for organizations to innovate internally, something that is adjacent to core services. Our core services, we are a digital agency. We support nonprofits. That, you know, analytics, digital marketing, that's what we do. And there are products that are supporting those clients, supporting other people in the sector. But it's it feels like having two jobs. So talk to me about what you've learned in terms of how to push forward this like extra, what feels like train on a track that runs parallel to the company. Yeah, it was definitely a lesson in prioritization, um, a lesson in project management, both of other people and myself. Uh, and a lesson in, in business strategy, uh, later on. So when it started, Hawaii was on a marketplace and it kind of just functioned on its own in a lot of ways. And my role was more as a producer, uh, producing courses and, uh, creating new content, which, uh, was, was definitely a learning, uh, learning curve for me, but was really fun. Then when we decided that it was time that whole you move on to our own learning management system, onto our own platform on our website, that's when it really shifted from content creation, curricula development to building a mini business. And that's when there was, it became clear there was a lot more opportunity for some of that innovation that, that you mentioned. Uh, we definitely tried different things in marketing before, but now we had you know landing pages that we could totally design our own and A-B test. 
we had more data about our students um, or like more access to them, we were able to email them so we could test more uh, messaging to them there. And we also had more flexibility in what our products looked like. So when we were on a marketplace, it was really just video courses of a, a certain length. But when we had our own platform, we were able to have shorter form content. We were able to create like written out content, um, have templates and, and guides in addition to you know talking head video style courses. And so that gave us a lot of flexibility for um, for our content creation and what we could ask of the team, as well as what we were offering our, our customers. So I'm also talking with you because we're going to be putting this podcast obviously out there in the general feed, but also on our jobs page to advice for new whalers. Like, what is your advice for anybody trying to push a product forward and manage that? At whole whale while you're also expected to clearly not just do that but also deliverables for clients or managing an account management for clients and content writing and <laughs> tons of other things that george and team and all push forward at you i'd say first be realistic with yourself that was one of my biggest challenges i would i'd set really tough deadlines for myself that um that I didn't always achieve. Um, and as it is kind of an, an adjacent product and it's something that is room for innovation and it's kind of a sandbox, as long as those those due dates aren't public, they can be a little bit flexible. So I, I'd say like be allowing yourself to be flexible and kind of roll with the punches there. Also uh, managing managing up a, a little bit, <laughs> learned that in this in this role. Um, you and, and other people on the team would come with a lot of awesome ideas, but again, like prioritizing what we can actually do, what actually makes sense at that time. And maybe it's a good idea, but we can do it later. So managing, managing up to make sure that we are actually using our time as wisely as possible, but still also, um, you know, being really mindful that there might be something that sounds like a risk, but the benefits will really pay off. Um, moving to our own platform was one of those instances where I was very terrified of the the time that would it would involve and the um, energy it would take from the team and how whether or not that would pay off in terms of value down the road for that time that was taking away from some client work. But it did, it did pay off and the data was there to inform that. So um, as always with Whole Whale, also looking at the data and um, listening to it when it is telling you that it'll be a good opportunity. It's funny. I'm getting a flashback to when you were out in San Francisco. And I remember that I had this whole deck and I was <laughs> pitching you because yeah. <laughs> I knew that you could manage me and manage me out of things because frankly, um, just because you have the title of CEO or whatever, doesn't mean people will, can, or should listen to you. I had a whole pitch deck and I was like, I need to convince Meredith because if she's not convinced, it's not going to get done as to moving off of the previous like Udemy and other whatever course platforms we were on, which didn't give us access to data, didn't get us the user uh, control and communication that we wanted. We were frankly building on someone else's land, which we were getting large enough that I was like, ah, oh, we're kind of there, but it's a lot of work. Uh, feels good to hear you say like, ah, yeah, that was worth it. I agree. <laughs> Um, it was harder than we thought it would be. And it's more worth it, especially now that the flywheel is going a bit. 
yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely harder. And then definitely more of a payoff than even I expected, um, which is really validating. And I know you, yeah, you pitched me with a deck with lots of data and research. Um, I also did that many times as well on, on different ideas for a whole year. So I think ideas will always be listened to at Whole Whale. Um, if you come with a pitch, if you come with um, a little bit of data or research behind it, yeah. uh, there's definitely tons of, of opportunity for it to actually come to fruition. I think that's the important thing um, of leveling. I want to turn the car back around to what you said a little bit a while ago, the idea of managing up. It's foreign to especially mm -hmm. new people in the workforce entering in and managing up. And I uh, I love that the the sort of look that you're giving because we used to work across from each other at the <laughs> same little desk. I think it was in like WeWork, um, mm -hmm. which is always brave to sit across from the CEO because I would every now and then, more every than and then look up and say, hey, Meredith, hey, Meredith. And I still feel like I do that on, on Slack, but maybe not as much. And basically, you just, what happens is there's an idea that comes up for me, some new thought. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I want someone to chase this down. I want someone to look at the opportunity or upside here. I want to make sure we're not missing this. Uh, I don't have the time to, to go all the way down the rabbit hole. Or I think I want to make sure our team, like whatever it is, it ends up sort of stacking up on an employee's plate. And disproportionately, I think for a while, it's stacked up on yours and it can add a lot of stress because also I have been the employee. I used to be the chief technology officer at a nonprofit. And guess where all the ideas go when you find something technical right on that desk and it adds up and you're like, if we did all of these things, we would do none of them well. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you sort of managed as the, in the Hey Meredith narrative <laughs> and what is your deeper thoughts uh, really on managing up and what that looked like here? Yeah, I, it took me a long time to learn the difference between the different things that you were asking and like which ones were actually a high priority to you and which ones were not just because as a new person sitting across from the CEO, as like anything the CEO says is like the same weight. It's all like equally high importance and needs to be done right now and is like pivotal to the company. Um, which isn't, I mean, you would probably admit this as well, like not always true. Some of them are just like fun ideas or you just Never saw true. some like cool article. Okay. <laughs> it terrifies me right now that <laughs> you think you everything, <laughs> everything that I say is that equal. That's terrifying. Taking a note right now. That was what I thought when I first started. Yeah, sure, um, and sure. uh, I'm sure a lot of like entry level people would maybe feel the same, but, um, but that's not true. And, and probably took me a little too long to realize that. So I hear you on the, the managing up and understanding priority. I think it is probably good early on to show it and acknowledge that you do chase down some of those thoughts or respond. But as you go forward and take on more responsibilities, it uh, is a good reminder to say like, where does this fall in priority? Where does it fall in the research um, actually involved? Because more often than not, I've done just superficial bits of information or knowledge uh, gathering on it um, versus other times where I'm like, I come in with my deck and I'm nice and prepared and, and being able to balance that. Uh, but I think it happens even maybe even more so or in different ways now that we're on Zoom where everyone is essentially sitting across from each other from a digital standpoint. And you can't tell priority when something pops over Slack and you get tagged on it. And it's, uh, I feel like it's probably a shift. I don't know on your side, because we had already had the in-person relationship, how does managing up feel differently on our 
more virtual structured whole wetland. It is more it is more challenging because it's harder to read tone on Slack or in written mm -hmm. tasks. Yeah. And then we do have prioritization in our our project management system and our tasks, but most people, I would say, default to high priority because it's maybe a high priority for them at this time. But in the general ranking of things, maybe it's not always so. So being realistic with with that and also asking follow-up questions um, to better yeah. determine where it ranks in terms of priority. So, you know, if you were had to send me, if you had sent me multiple ideas that I'd say, you know, in terms of priority, like where do these fall and um, get that guidance from you or say, you know, based on my current workload or based on what I see, based on these different ideas, I am going to fall through them on in this order. Uh, and allow for some discussion there, but ultimately, you know, make a decision, hold hands and agree, and then just move forward to, to keep it all going. Yeah, I want to turn now to this sort of next step. I know you've come five years is an incredible amount of time. Uh, I want to walk through your process for beginning to realize it was time to leave your decision for business school. We've had Marielle on in the past who's like did a nano MBA basically and got that. Um, talk to me about realizing and then any fear of communicating because frankly, I wrote a recommendation for you. Yes. So that means <laughs> <laughs> this has been in the works for quite some time. Walk me through that narrative and what happened. Yeah. So I, when I started at Holwell, I did have a personal goal to get to at least manager level. Um, and I, I knew that I wanted to get the most out of that experience and the opportunity that I saw based on um, the team at Holwell, like people who had who were here longer and in those higher levels and what they were doing and what I could see that I had the opportunity to do. So I knew that going in. And then when I got there, um, I realized that there was so much more that I could do. And I had just really started getting my feet wet with Holwell University. And I saw that there was uh, tons more opportunities. So I, I stayed on and um, did a lot more learning and I was able to really understand what it takes to lead a product like Hualu. Uh, and I also got to manage a lot more people directly. And I found that those were the two favorite parts of my job. But I also felt that I had some you know, foundational gaps in my education that where I could have been doing better if I had more more knowledge there and I just didn't really have the time in my life while also working um, to be doing that just with my own um, personal time. Uh, I also <laughs> tangentially had a life goal to live abroad at some point in my uh, in my life. So that was also floating in the back of my mind at all times. And when I got to a point where I felt like I had taken Holwell U as far as I could take it at that time, uh, I, I felt like I was maybe ready to take the next step to increase my knowledge of uh, running a business and, um, and managing products. And then school seemed like the best way to do that at the time um, and also gave me a way to move abroad and have that adventure at the same time. So that's how I got there um, with a lot of a lot of reflection, a lot of um, you know doing those activities where you like map your strengths and um, and what you enjoy about work and, and where you want to go. 
and a lot of research on, on different schools. So then um, when I came time to talk to George, uh, I did, I did ask, want George to be one of my letters of recommendation because we've worked for so long together and worked so closely on Hawaii U and you've been able to coach me and um, could really speak to, to that side of my job experience. And I was very nervous to tell you, I was probably like, my voice is probably shaking when I, when I was asking, but um, I also knew, but I also knew uh, from previous people on the team who had made similar announcements that they had talked to you early and that it had gone over well. And so I, I knew that it wouldn't ultimately be a problem. I was, I was just nervous because it, it meant it was real for me mostly that, um, that I would be leaving in a year and that, that set kind of a, an end date for me. Yeah. I think that initial conversation, no matter how many times I say like, we won't be frustrated. We want you to be where you are happy. <laughs> we want also notice for the team, you become a critical player on the team. Mm-hmm. And the thought of like, there is a world where you would have given two weeks notice because you felt this was a, you know, an unsafe environment to be planning that long out, or, you know, somehow you'd be a, you know, a lame duck and not get anything done or people would be frustrated with you uh, is uh, make, made me very happy while also sad about that. I do think I screwed up. I think early on, fortunately, most of the new people are too new to know there was a time before that, where we, um, and it was, it was your, it was your boss. It was Julie Leary. I got very frustrated when, when she left and, you know, she gave a little bit less notice, but it was like part of a, you know, a larger growth that she was on. And it was clear that like my frustration was seen by the team. And I think that really set back where we are now or getting to where we are now, which is more notice. And I will throw all in on helping you find that next job and it's one thing to say that, but like demonstrating that again and again and sort of digging out of that hole that I think uh, I started in, well, I guess, five years ago <laughs> or however many, mm-hmm. um, you yeah. know, you are still sort of have that institutional knowledge long enough to know that like, well, there was a time where I remember George got really frustrated about that. And so I'm still like digging myself, though you should never dig yourself out of a hole. You should focus on the climbing. <laughs> Business school, though, is interesting. So you chose business school because you think it's it, it's going to give you a chance to both check the box of live abroad and yep. make a business. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the the courses that are included were ones that I totally missed in my education, and I've noticed that they would be really valuable. Uh, I've kind of hacked it together with Hawaii U on some of my my models, but definitely super rudimentary. Um, so I am looking forward to to learning more there. And the the program I, I chose also has a social innovation concentration and center. So um, they are focused more on tech space and uh, have connections to social enterprises. So that is something that's interesting to me and seems unique about the program. And that's partially why I I chose it. It sounds exciting. All right. I think we have covered a lot of topics here. I hope this is informative to anybody listening that is potentially thinking about working at Whole Whale or maybe leaving Whole Whale after a good stint. Uh, Okay, Meredith, I feel like we have to move into rapid fire. Okay. Um, I'm ready. (laughs) 
What is one tech tool or website that, let's say, you have started using in the last year? Well, I use Asana personally now in addition to <laughs> so professionally. Unsurprised. <laughs> I'm so surprised by that. Uh, what is one tech issue you're battling with? It's not really a tech issue, but I am in a life admin stage before I move. And uh, cleaning out all of my old folders and files is quite a tedious process. What is coming in the next year that has you the most excited? Moving abroad, definitely the most excited. Talk about a mistake you made earlier in your career that shapes the way you do things today. One of my one of my main mistakes early in my career, especially early in management, was not giving feedback regularly or probably clearly enough. To me, it sounded very harsh, but to someone else, it was very subdued and it wasn't clear when things were, you know, very like needed to be changed. It sounded a little too fluffy, maybe, um, because I was holding myself back. But when you build that muscle and you uh, and you do give feedback regularly and, and directly, then it doesn't feel personal anymore for you or the the person hearing it. And then uh, it helps them to improve over time and you as a manager too. Do you believe nonprofits can successfully go out of business? I don't know. I think there will always be always be things to change. So maybe they'll just evolve. If I were to throw you in a hot tub time machine back to the beginning of your start of work at Whole Whale, what advice would you give yourself? I would tell myself to speak up more, uh, ask more questions and uh, express my opinions more because Whole Whale really listens and will respond to it. And I am just naturally shy, but don't need to be, not at Whole Whale. What is something that you think Whole Whale should stop doing? I guess a callback to earlier is uh, labeling everything as high priority in Asana or um, you know, get better at <laughs> really being realistic about prioritization. I already give you a Harry Potter style wand to wave across the social impact sector. What would it do? It would, even though I know you always ask this question, I'm, I'm so stopped. I think it would increase pay for all people working in the sector. How did you get your start working in the social impact sector? I started right out of school. Uh, my sister worked at nonprofits and shared Whole Whale site. She found it as a valuable resource when she was there and said, this seems like something you would like. And here I am five years later. What advice did your parents give you that you've either followed or did not follow? My parents encouraged me to study what I wanted in school, which I really appreciated. Even if it was maybe at the time didn't seem the most practical um, that I should pursue things that I enjoy and that excite me. And then that ultimately will be valuable later on. What advice would you give college grads looking to enter the social impact sector? I would say do your research about what's happening in the sector and what's new and reading up on uh, latest research and, and benchmarks. I know MNR benchmarks just came out and there are some other good ones out there and being able to have those numbers off the cuff will be pretty impressive in, in an interview. What advice would you give to new whalers starting out at the company? I would say and I have said this to a lot of the new people who have started in the last few months to allow yourself to be a sponge for the first few weeks. Uh, we throw a lot of new information at the team and the first few weeks are filled with trainings and it can feel overwhelming, but don't feel stressed about, you know, performing during those weeks, really just absorb and learn and ask questions. And then uh, things will all click into place and you'll be 
doing awesome things for our clients in no time. Where do you think whole whale will be in five years? Oh man, hopefully, hopefully mostly back in an office together, maybe more remote people. I know there's still going to be some remote workers, um, but hopefully having an office again, maybe with uh, 10, 20 more people, maybe more. And hopefully my focus is primarily on Hoelu. I hope that Hoelu is um, a larger revenue engine for whole whale and um, that it, but that it still retains its sandbox feel and is a place for innovation for the team. All right, Meredith, how do people find you? How do people help you? You can find me at LinkedIn, uh, Meredith Esquivel. And if you have any ideas uh, or recommendations for things that I should do in the UK, feel free to message me and send them to me there. All right, we'll put all of this, of course, in the show notes so you can connect with Meredith on LinkedIn. And obviously when she graduates, you'll have to compete with me in trying to hire her, but something tells me it's going to be fierce. (laughs) Meredith, thank you so much for your time and your commitment and the incredible work at this company. (laughs) Of New York. (laughs) Thank you, George. (laughs) This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com slash university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 